You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet. This is my show. This is episode 23 of season 3, episode 88 of the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show podcast. Today is March 23rd, 2021. It is a Tuesday, and here in Greeley, Colorado, the weather is not so bad. But very recently in Boulder, Colorado, it was raining bullets in a King Supers parking lot from what I've been told. I'm busy. I work. I don't have time here lately to stay up with the new cycle as much as I sometimes do. It's just been a busier season in every sphere and altogether. The powers combined make for not much left over for podcasting and for following the news. But I have noticed and I have been contacted by a few people, friends and family, to see if we're okay. How far is Boulder, Colorado from Greeley? Well, it's about an hour southwest if you're wondering. Are we okay? Yes, we're quite all right. An hour and some change drive is too far for bullets to catch us from Boulder. And I'm really not all that worried in Weld County, Colorado. I'm not terribly worried about active shooters anyways. I'm sure that they have happened. I'm sure they will happen. Anytime you have people with the capability of inflicting lethal damage on one another. Plus also, you have people with wicked hearts, with evil intentions, with sick minds, with corrupt motives, with perverted views of themselves and others in the world. You will have people hurting and killing one another. If they happen to have firearms, and that happens to be the weapon of choice, and it happens to be the easiest thing to use. They will use guns, but there is good news. And that good news is that for one thing, there is an antidote to the corrupt nature of man, and that is the gospel. For another thing, this life is not all there is. And so that's good news to me anyways. That's good news to you if you're in Christ. Not such good news for those who reject Christ, because after this life comes judgment for those who are not found in the book of life. But for those of us who are, those of us who believe in Christ, who belong to Christ, we are reconciled with the Father. And so we have this blessed assurance that Jesus is ours and that we will be raised on the last day to rule and reign with him forever, for eternity. We were made for eternity. We were made to live forever. And so we don't mourn as those who have no hope. If I die tomorrow, I hope that you will not wonder where I ended up. You won't think that I'm gone forever. If it is my time to go, then it is my time to go. But until then, the scriptures are clear. Fear not. Fear not, for I am with you. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And the God who loves us is stronger than any weapon devised by man, any scheme that the most clever cabal could come up with. Our God is stronger and greater than that. And that's where we put our trust. Now, below that level, 
of trusting in God. I have no qualms about doing things to be good stewards of the life that God has given us. I have no objection to wearing a seatbelt when I drive. I have no objection to having my children wear a seatbelt when we drive. I have no objection to locking my front door before I go to bed at night. I do, in fact, lock my front door before I go to bed at night so that evil men, wicked men with bad intentions can't just come in easily and cause trouble and hurt my family. I am the man of the house. I am the head of my household. And that means that I have a responsibility to not just be a provider, not just be a paycheck earner, not just be an extra human being. I have a responsibility to be a protector for my wife, to be a protector for my children. And if needs be, the scriptures say that husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church, even laying his life down for her. So that means if somebody breaks in in the middle of the night, it's my job to stand between that person and my wife, even if it costs me my human existence this side of eternity. So that said, there are things one can acquire to protect one's house, to protect one's family, to protect one's person. There are things that one can acquire to even the odds if there are bad men, which there are. There are evildoers. There are gangsters. There are thieves. There are rapists. There are drug addicts who need to steal things so that they can sell them so that they can buy drugs because they can't work because they're on drugs. There are terrorists who want to kill and to terrorize and to strike fear into the hearts of all who disagree with them as to who is the one true God who created everything, from whom all things come and to whom all things belong. They want to kill and terrorize and enslave everyone who disagrees with them. And if you don't bow the knee, if you don't submit, they will kill somebody, they will threaten somebody, they will get very angry, get very domineering. And what you can't do in the face of those kinds of people is give them what they want because you feed their worse tendencies. You feed their demons. Their demons live on your fear. And so you can't feed them because they just get stronger and they get bolder. But what you can do is you can show strength. You can show courage. You can show resolve in the face of adversity. What you can't do is give terrorists what they want, but what you can do is you can stand up to them. Just like the bully on the playground at school, you can stand up to the bully, and if needs be, when innocent people are being hurt and destroyed and deprived of life even while living, deprived of the ability to have their liberty and to do what they need to do in order to be good stewards of the life that God has given them. What you can do is you can sometimes punch a bully in the nose to get them to back off. In Greeley, Colorado, in Weld County, Colorado, maybe someday Weld County, Wyoming, Greeley, Wyoming, we'll see. 
I don't worry about a terrorist opening fire in the grocery store parking lot as much as I should expect if they did it wouldn't be 10 innocent people who were dead it would be more likely 10 well-armed law-abiding god-fearing citizens returning fire to put a stop to an evil man trying to shed innocent blood and it would be right to do that to return fire if law enforcement were present in Greeley, Colorado, and a terrorist started shooting men, women, and children to promote their ideology, their tyrannical, demonic worldview. If a police officer were present, biblically, before God, their responsibility would be to bear the sword for something. Romans 13 says that the governing authority is a minister of God, that no authority exists on earth except from God, and that the governing authorities are a minister of God to reward those who do good and to punish those who do evil. They do not bear the sword for nothing. There's a difference with legitimate authority, legitimate government bearing the sword in that it is not a terroristic activity. It is not an effort designed to cause everyone who does good to be afraid for their lives. In fact, Quite the opposite. A legitimate, God-fearing, blessed government is there to strike fear into the hearts of those who would prey on innocent people so that they don't, as a deterrent. That's what you need. If you love peace, if you desire peace, civis passum parabellum, prepare for war. So in Greeley, Colorado, I'm not terribly worried about some gunman opening fire because there are God-fearing people who have prepared to respond to that, just like you might have, you should have, a fire extinguisher in your home in case, God forbid, something that's not supposed to catches on fire. Do you want to wait 10 minutes for the fire department to muster its guys, hop in the engine, and make their way over to your house? possibly to watch your house burn? Or do you want to place a call to 911 and while you're waiting, you get your fire extinguisher and you put it out or you control the blaze to the best of your ability until help arrives, until the big guns get there. As far as I'm concerned, it is prudence. It is good stewardship of my role and responsibility as a man to own firearms and to know how to use them. And my sons after me should own firearms and know how to use them. And part of what knowing how to use them means is that you're not brandishing to play act at Rambo. You're not LARPing, live action role playing, for those of you who are uninformed about such things. You're not playing a game when you pick up a deadly weapon. Or you shouldn't be. And if you are, there's something off with you. You're not the kind of person who should own a firearm. But then, again, that's part of what risk we take when we live in a free country. And when we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, and among these are 
life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Governments are instituted among men to preserve these rights, not to trample on them. I have the dailywire.com up right now. And the top story is as follows. Saki, Biden considering executive action on guns. You can also read that as Biden is planning to accomplish as much as he possibly can with an executive order to ban so-called assault weapons and so-called high-capacity magazines. Now, if you, again, like with LARPing, are unfamiliar, what they mean by assault weapons brings truth to the old adage that the devil is in the details. What is an assault weapon? Very often I watch videos of kids on college campuses being asked by some conservative commentator, what is an assault weapon? Oh, I don't know. You know, like machine guns. People shouldn't just be able to go and buy a machine gun that shoots like a thousand bullets a minute. That shouldn't be legal just for anybody to do that. That should just be law enforcement and the military. Okay. You don't know what you're talking about. These so-called assault weapons that you're talking about, if you think they're machine guns, then you need to pay closer attention to what the Democrats are actually saying because they're not talking about machine guns. They're talking about semi-automatic AR-15s, especially big, scary black guns that go pew-pew. And they don't know a hell of a lot more about them than that. They know that they're scared. An interesting thing, not that I'm a Freudian, but Freud would say their fear of weapons speaks to a certain insecurity about their sexuality. But, again, I'm not a Freudian. I would say that leftists are very afraid of empowered citizens because at a certain point, you run out of somebody else's money, everybody else's money. At a certain point, the breadline realizes and remembers we didn't used to have to stand in line for bread before you centrally planned our economy and redistributed our wealth. We didn't used to have to stand in line for one kind of bread. Whatever kind of bread you decided was good for us. We used to be able to walk through a bread aisle and be able to pick from more types and brands and flavors of bread than we knew what to do with. And there was plenty. And you ruined it. And we're going to take our government back now. Leftists, before they do these kinds of things, like facilitating breadlines, facilitating the economic conditions which require breadlines, whatever Sanders would say about the efficacy of breadlines, breadlines are a good thing because at the end of the line you get bread. Whatever he would say about that, they're not such a good thing. Because in Venezuela, at a certain point, even the limited amount of bread that people were waiting in line for runs out. And it's dog-eat-dog, dog, or it's people-eat-dog, as the case may be. People start eating their beloved pets because they're hungry. And a lot of things that you wouldn't imagine eating start to look pretty good or good enough. Venezuela used to be a fantastically prosperous, wealthy, robust company. And now it is a socialist nightmare. This country 
has been one big experiment in self-government. And if you want to think of it as a corporation, business is good, or it has been good. And you get some malcontents who think that they should be able to loaf, they should be able to not work. In the case of Bernie Sanders, you can go live in a commune. And even the communists are like, get out of here. Like, you don't do jack squat. You don't help at all. You don't work at all. Get out. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. At a certain point, we have to wake up to the fact that there are communists who want to take over this country. That's not a antiquated, crazy idea. Like, communists are a real thing. Like, they actually exist in reality. I'm not wearing a tinfoil hat right now. I've got my headphones on, and they're kind of a silvery color, but it's not a tinfoil hat. I read history. Communists are real. Don't make them into a bogeyman. Allow them to occupy some kind of a mythical status wherein you either think that they don't really exist or if they exist, they're invincible, undefeatable, inevitable. Screw that. If we allow Biden, and it is up to us to allow him or not, if we allow him to go after innocent, law-abiding, God-fearing countrymen, not even just you, but your countrymen, this is your sibling, this is your in-law, this is your neighbor, this is your coworker, and you're going to think of plenty of crazy people that you maybe think are not all there, you don't all agree with, there's some very reasonable people who want to own firearms and have every right before God to own firearms. And what Biden and the Democrats have been trying to do for decades is to pry those from your cold, dead fingers because they don't think you should have power. They don't think you should be trusted. You being assertive and independent and taking responsibility is a problem to them. All the more if you do it well and if you show others that this can be done. You don't need Democrats to be your savior. You don't need Lyndon Baines Johnson to be your sugar daddy. Black America had it much, 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 much better before the great society, the not-so-great society. Heaven help us if Bernie Sanders and AOC get their way because they will not be bringing prosperity with their newfangled ideas, which are not new at all. They're not new ideas. Communists historically disarm their political opponents so that they can dispose of them as they need to. And when I say dispose, I mean murder. I mean imprison. I mean destroy in every way you can imagine. Those the gods wish to destroy, they first make ridiculous. This country is in the crosshairs of some very tyrannical people and it is up to us to tell those tyrants where the line in the sand is, and we must. If somebody breaks into my home in the middle of the night, they're not supposed to be here. They have no right to my things. They have no right to be on my property. I didn't invite them in. I didn't welcome them. And odds are high if they're not going to respect the fact that this is my home, and it's the middle of the night, and this is my stuff, they're not going to respect my person. They're not going to respect my wife, my children. I am going to eject them from the building. 
post-haste, and I'm not going to be gentle about it. If Biden and the Democrats try to use the shooting in Boulder, like they've tried to use every shooting, every mass shooting, which wouldn't you know it, go figure, usually happens in a gun-free zone. In Boulder, by the way, Boulder in Colorado, just to give you some idea, does not have a great reputation with this part of the state. Boulder is blamed in Greeley and in Weld County for causing Colorado to go the crazy liberal, not crazy liberal, crazy leftist route on so many things. Boulder is where a whole lot of Californians have escaped California too and brought the same bad ideas which caused them to leave their home state to begin with so they can make this place a leftist hellscape also. Boulder, just last week, had a assault weapons ban overturned by the courts. Wouldn't you know it, one week later, very conveniently, a terrorist opens fire and kills 10 people in a King Supers parking lot. How about that? The people who want to disarm good God-fearing men, women, and by extension, children, because it isn't just me that owns a firearm. It's me that owns a firearm who wants to stand between my family, my wife, my seven children, and whatever flavor of evil would harm them. These Democrats who want to disarm me and you and everybody, except for the people that they trust and that they like, these Democrats are the same people who called Black Lives Matter and Antifa burning cities across this country last year, mostly peaceful protesters, mostly peaceful. If they assure you that they have the best of intentions, you should believe that about as much as you should believe that Antifa and Black Lives Matter, rioting and looting, murdering people, attacking cops, setting fire to private businesses are mostly peaceful. It's the same lie. It's the same lie from the pit of hell. And we now have a test before us. Are we weak and feckless and cowardly? Or do we put our hope in God? And do we love one another enough to not let this happen on our watch? We need to take ownership for the situation as it is right now. We need to own the fact that some very bad people with smiles on their faces want to take over this country and that the human suffering which will result from that will be in some measure our fault if we passively sit by. We need to own that. We need to think about what kind of an answer can we give to future generations? You have children. What do you tell your children? If you were in a position to affect change here in some manner and you kept quiet, you minded your own business, what do you tell your grandchildren? If they're living in Venezuela or worse, when all of the evil regimes around the world that have just been waiting, licking their chops, waiting for America to be weak enough to come get payback, see their opening. 
because our economy is destroyed, because we're a laughingstock, because weakness invites predation. What do you tell your grandchildren if they're still here? If your children are still here? If you're still here? If we lose our love for country and our love for our family and our love for our friends and our hearts grow cold to anything but naked, short-term self-interest, we deserve every bit of oppression that we get. Every bit of it. And I'm not saying go and be belligerent, but I am saying stand your ground. Figure out where that line in the sand needs to be drawn and you stand right there and you hold that line. I'm not saying you go and play tit for tat. I'm saying you assert your God-given rights because this is your country. This is my country. This is our country. I'm very saddened to even imagine anybody that I know or care about losing their lives in Boulder, Colorado. But I'm also angry with foolhardy utopian ideas that you can just make guns illegal and then all the bad people will just turn them in because they're rule followers, don't you know? You tell them they can't have guns and they're going to follow that law that rule, that command, about as well as they will follow the command to not murder with a gun. If they could be relied on to not do what you make illegal and unlawful, you wouldn't have to take anybody's firearms away. So it's a self-defeating premise. We're going to take everybody's firearms away because bad people are going to do bad things. No, you're not. You're going to scare good people into thinking it's illegitimate for them to defend themselves against evildoers. Is this a kind of judgment on this country for throwing out objective truth, for abandoning a love for God to an alarming extent? We'll see. I hope not. What I want, what I pray for, and what God willing will happen is that we don't take the bait and conclude that the manipulative, dishonest, lying sons of Satan media in this country trots out. We don't buy that. We don't buy the narrative that this is really Trump's fault. This is really Republicans' fault. This is really your fault and my fault if we insist on our God-given right to own firearms because innocent people are dead. And have we shown you their faces? Have we shown you their loved ones crying? Have we shown you all of the damage you've done? This is your fault. The media was running with speculation that the shooter was actually a white man, maybe even a white supremacist, maybe even a Trump supporter, until it came out that in a very Arabic-sounding name, and then all of a sudden, we don't need to talk about the identity of the shooter, what his motives were. We don't want to paint with a broad brush and alienate a huge swath of people because of the bad actions of a few. These people are not to be trusted. Don't listen to them. Read your Bible. Read some history. Do some soul searching. Think about where that line needs to be drawn, and not just for today. Don't do short-term 
self-interest, cost-benefit analysis. Do the long-term. Think about this multi-generationally. Think about this globally. This country falls to socialism. And what hope does any other country have for us sticking up? And even as it is, Biden comes in and he is weak and he's feckless and he doesn't know where he is. It's elder abuse to make fun of him. I think as someone I was just reading the other day quipped, I'm not sold on us mocking him and making fun of him. He is the president by fraud, I believe, strongly, I'm convinced. But he's the president. And the establishment Republicans who allowed that to happen, who facilitated it, the Democrats who hated Trump so badly, they would rather burn this country to the ground than see four more years of the bad orange man being president. Those people are willing for this country to self-flagellate on a global scale. And the consequence in human suffering you can't even begin to imagine because it was America that was standing in the gap and saying, you knock it off. I see what you're doing over there. You know, there was this situation yesterday, right before I went to have dinner with a friend of mine, Lucas Abernathy. I was just getting out of the shower, going down, getting my shoes on. My kids come up to me and they're all worked up. My boys, older boys. Dad, Solomon was riding in the middle of the street on the scooter and some kid ran into him with his bike told him to watch where he was going. Oh? Yeah, and he was like out in the open to where you could totally see him. Like the kid totally saw Solomon and ran into him on purpose and then told him to watch where he was going. There's a whole bunch of these kids that are riding up and down the street on their bikes thinking they're hot stuff, up to trouble because their parents are out to lunch, not paying attention, not disciplining them, not paying attention to their character formation or lack thereof. So I was really, actually, the more I thought about it, really pleased and really proud of the way my boys handled it, although I did have to give a correction to one of them, and I won't get into that. But my oldest son shouted back because they were all out in front swinging and playing and hanging out. The weather was nice. Why don't you watch where you're going? Oh, this punk on the bike yells back to my oldest son Josiah why don't you watch where you're going my son Josiah didn't back down I know where I'm going don't bump into my brother boy. that's the way you stick up for your little brother this isn't about vengeance this isn't about loving violence this is about men needing to be men grow a pair of balls Stand up for those who are getting pushed around, both for their sake and also for the sake of the people who are doing the pushing because they think that nobody cares, nobody's paying attention. Check them before this tendency consumes them because it will destroy them. Don't go any further than you need to in drawing that line in the sand, but you let them know. There's the line. You don't bump into my brother. Anyway. That's all I got. Oh, shoot. I did it again. I have a post note. Okay. It's a small, small final thought here. I have a post note on my monitor. My wife has been listening to my episodes since the beginning. And she's told me recently, don't 
keep saying anyways. You say anyways at the end of your episode, and it sounds like you're dismissing everything that you just said. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. She's probably right. I hadn't thought about it. She says, stop saying anyways before you close the podcast because it just sounds like you're invalidating everything and you're undermining your authority. Probably right. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. You're a blessing. God said it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a help mean suitable for him. And here you are. Uh, so I wrote it down. I wrote it down on a post-it note and put it off to the side here. I'm looking at it right now. Stop saying anyways. And I did it anyways. And I'm still saying anyways. Anyways, I'm going to try and stop. It was, this is going to be much more challenging. I, I had to do this with the word uh and the word um to wean myself off of it. Now I've got to do it with the word anyways. It's going to be more difficult because it's a needle in a haystack. I only really say it towards the very, very end of the episode. So if you got any ideas on how to root that out, let me know. But that's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. Let me know what you think. I'd like to have your feedback on this topic. But if I don't get it, that's all right. Until next time, thanks for listening, and God bless you and yours. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you heard today, visit the homepage for On The Rocks blog at onthe.rocks. Also, check out On The Rocks blog podcast with Micah Hirschberger, weekly on Anchor FM. If you haven't yet done so, hit subscribe to this podcast also. And you can reach Garrett Ashley Mullet with any comments, questions, or complaints at garrettmullet at gmail.com. Hello, this is Garrett Ashley Mullet, host of The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM, and also chief editor and writer at On The Rocks blog since 2015. I have just published my first book. It is available on paperback and Kindle from Amazon.com right now. Are you thinking about homeschooling? Is someone you know considering it? No shortage of books will help you figure out how to do it. This is a book about why you should. Written from the perspective of a homeschooling father of seven who was himself homeschooled growing up, this is an encouragement to fathers and mothers to think rightly about their children's education. What our children believe about God, themselves, one another, and the universe, these are all features of their education, and the worldview our children develop is downstream of the sort of education they receive. And this is why we homeschool. Maybe you are a parent of homeschooling children and you could use some encouragement. Perhaps your local school shut down and now remote learning or homeschooling has been forced on you. Now you could use some help finding motivation to make the best of it. Or maybe you have a friend or family member considering homeschooling their children. Rather than starting you off with another home education how-to, let us start with why we homeschool. And as we figure out the reasons we should do this thing, the way to do it will be made far easier. Just go right on over to Amazon.com and type in, and this is why we homeschool in the search results. It'll come right up. Order your copy today.